When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. And we'll have an Oilers game tomorrow when they host the New York Islanders. The Oilers getting some support scoring lately. Jordan Everly with seven points in his last eight games. Here's head coach Todd McClellan. He hears from his staff, or from the staff, he hears media-wise. The players can tell you they don't, but they pick up the vibe. And um, your confidence can dwindle a little bit. His confidence is a little bit higher. He's put together a number of good games now. That line is playing better. Um... See him drive the puck to the net and, and shoot, uh, maybe release it a little bit quicker. But for me, the big thing is confidence. He, he looks like a confident player right now, even in practice. Everly, a goal Saturday in the 4-3 win over Detroit. Thanks a lot for tuning in. It's 7.06 Inside Sports on 6.30, Chad. Sharks and Jets 1-1 after the first period. Still no scoring between the Rangers and the Lightning. Five minutes left in the second frame there. The Senators lead the Bruins 2-1. That's late second period, and the Stars taking it to the Capitals tonight, 3 nothing in the second frame. Updating the curling, BC's Morris leading Team Canada's Cooey, 5-2. That is after 8, Cooey going into that one with a record of 3-0, so he's in jeopardy of suffering his first loss. Alberta's Brendan Botcher in a 6-6 tie with Manitoba. That is after 8. Botcher started 0-3, got a win this afternoon, so trying to get back up to 2-3 and and claws way back into the playoff race. The University of Alberta Golden Bears went into Saskatoon as underdogs on the weekend but they beat the Saskatchewan Huskies in three games, two games to one, to win the Canada West Championship. They won 6-3 yesterday to win the third and decisive contest, and they couldn't have done it without this guy, Jamie Crooks. Jamie, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing awesome. Hat trick for you yesterday, and was it not all three goals in the third period? Yeah, yeah, it was all three in the third there, so... Tell us a little bit about the third period in yesterday's game, because I understand it was pretty tight, and uh, what allowed you guys to crack it open a bit? Yeah, it was very tight off the start, and it was a tight game, and then in the third period there, we got one, and I think they got one back right away, and then and then we got went back, got him one, made it 4-3, and then got another one, quick one there, 5-3, and then the empty netter there to make it 6-3, so yeah, it was a pretty, pretty good period for us. And then it was your, uh, you, ha- you hit the hat trick into the empty net? Yeah. Yeah. I, I know you've been on the team for four years and you've scored a lot of goals, but this was this your first university hat trick or have you had another one? Yeah, this was the first one, so I guess it was a good time to do it. How did it feel to do that, especially in such an extremely hostile environment? I mean, you must have been the least popular man in the province of Saskatchewan about 24 hours ago. <laughs> yeah, it's anyone that's been to that rink or played in that rink is uh, knows it's pretty tough to go in there and play, but, uh, you know, we had 
three good team efforts and, and came out fortunate enough to come out with two wins and win the series there. You know, I'm curious how you guys approach this tournament because I had some people say to me, why are they even playing this? Both teams are going to nationals. Uh, what does the championship actually mean? And I said, no, 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 no. That, that's not how the Bears think. But I want, I want to get it straight from you about what this series did mean and the intensity, even though both teams had clinched a spot in the national tournament. Yeah, any time uh, that we play against uh, U of S, we know it's going to be a uh, big game, especially in the playoffs and in the finals. And and also that uh, when the Canada West here gives us a better seating heading into the tournament, so maybe some better uh, better matchups or whatnot. And uh, yeah, it's, it's it was definitely not a nothing series for sure. It was it was a big win for us. Jamie Crooks from the U of A Golden Bears joining us at 15 goals in the regular season. Hat trick yesterday as the Bears beat Saskatchewan 6-3 in Game uh, Game 3 of the Canada West Final. Tell me now a little bit about your schedule, Jamie, uh, because there's this weekend you don't play, right? So will this be a bit of a slower week, or how's the uh, schedule going to work? Yeah, um, we got today off, obviously. Came in, got in late last night, and then um, uh, tomorrow's off as well. So we'll get back to work on Wednesday, and then... Um, I'm not exactly 100% sure what the plan is for the weekend yet, but I think we leave Monday morning. We head out to Fredericton there, so I think that's the plan for now. All right, and we should tell people you don't yet know your seating or your go- who you're going to play. Uh, the tournament, uh, now an eight-team single elimination tournament. They changed that uh, a-, a couple of years ago. Jamie Crooks joining us. You know, I had that clip from Todd McClellan while you were waiting on the hold there about Jordan Everly's confidence. What's your confidence level at right now? And maybe just explain to me how it's factored into, uh, into your career as you've gone through Major Junior now in your fourth year at the U of A. Yeah, it's... Uh pretty high right now um you know i hadn't scored yet in the playoffs until uh that game three there so i was getting a little bit frustrated but uh serge just told me to keep shooting the puck and eventually it's going to go in and that's what happened and it did and and yeah it's, it's huge for the confidence level heading into nationals for sure uh, what was the expect I, I know the expectations at the u of a are always high and you and i have, have talked about that in previous interviews Having said that, uh, you're, most nights you're playing with, depending on who plays, about half the roster will be rookies, Canada West rookies. Did, did that at the start of the year, were you at all thinking like, oh man, I don't know about this year? Or what, what were the ex- expectations for you at the beginning? Yeah, they're, they're always high here. And, and the 11 rookies that we brought in are very good players. And by no means were we ever worried about about them not having enough experience or confidence and and they uh, they improved a lot throughout the year and, and and brought it all in the in the final series there. So it was it was very good to see. All right, Jamie, uh, just tell people as well here. I always like to ask the student athletes this: uh, what are, what are you studying at uh, at the U of A, and how have you enjoyed the student side of life? Yeah, I'm studying kinesiology, and um, it's when I first came to uh, U of A, was, I'd been out of school for I think three years there in junior, and and uh, it was. A little tough for me and and i wasn't really sure if i liked it or not but um now getting that experience in a couple of years behind me now it's 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 going really good and i really enjoy it not only the hockey but i enjoy the school as well so it's been really good what's the connection like with uh the u of a alumni and some of the ex-players are, are they pretty uh active in just supporting you guys and, and being there not just as fans but you know if you ever need uh any advice or just someone to talk to yeah, the alumni is huge for us. It's, it's a really tight-knit group, whether they played 
30 years ago or two years ago everyone everyone helps out and and um you know they help out with say tutor receipts if a guy's struggling in a class and needs to get tutored they'll help out with that so yeah they're really good and they're, they're a very integral part of the program for sure Right on. Well, Jamie, have a great week. I hope you get some rest uh, tonight and tomorrow and catch up on some schoolwork most likely, and it's going to be a fun week at Nationals. I hope we can talk again, man. Great game yesterday. Thanks a lot, Reed. It's Jamie Crooks checking in from the U of A Golden Bears hat trick yesterday. 6-3 win for the Golden Bears over the Saskatchewan Huskies. They are Canada West champions once again. Remember, the Huskies beat them last year. We'll keep going with the university focus because uh, the U of A Golden Bears basketball team is going back to nationals and they really turned it around in a couple of key areas from last year to this year we'll get into that with their coach barnaby craddock in a minute this is mark letestu from your edmonton oilers and you're listening to inside sports with reed wilkins on oilers radio 630 check Matesti with eight power play goals on the season. That's been quite a story for the Oilers who will face the New York Islanders tomorrow night. We'll have it for you on this station. 6.30, Ched, the voice of the Oilers and the Eskimos. 5.30 for the face-off show. The game will start at 7. Doug Waite, the best Oiler of the 1990s, now coaching the New York Islanders, had this scouting report on the Oilers' captain, Connor McDavid. He might sense some fear in my voice. I've just been watching for the last two and a half hours the last couple of games they played. Uh, you know what? When, when you can when you can give a, uh, see a guy that can skate as fast as him and then you can see him uh, handle the puck as well as he does and then you mesh the two. To me, you know, greatness is about desire and it's about the, the the talent, of course, to handle the puck, to skate, to see the ice, so the hockey IQ, so he has all those. Uh, you mentioned his leadership, his work ethic, and then when you put a puck into somebody's hand, and they, uh, what I like to think I could do is I could, I, I wasn't a, the highest paced player, I tried to skate as fast as I could, but with the puck wouldn't slow me down and it wouldn't make me look down, I could still see the ice. This guy is the fastest guy in the league, and I believe he gets faster when the dang black thing's on his stick. I've never seen that, I've seen guys that uh, 99 the pucks the game all slowed down when it was when it was on a stick so that's virtually the same type of thing but uh, great players don't slow down with the puck he actually speeds up and he's the fastest player on the ice in his mind I think it's probably like that movie the beautiful mind he sees everything and he he knows where guys are moving and uh, he's just a joy to watch and he's a special player for this city it's going to help and, and uh, it's certainly you're, you're seeing the the uh, the change in the team uh, and and I don't believe uh, you know you hear a lot of people with, without him they wouldn't even be twenty points. I don't believe that I think they're a heck of a team they're well coached uh, it's been a tough tough climb and, and uh, over the last six seven years I understand that but uh, Connor is special and uh, you know he's just going to keep getting better here he's so young and uh, you know it's good. it's great for the league. Doug Waite, coach of the New York Islanders. Some thoughts on the Oilers' Connor McDavid. Waite was on Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer earlier today. Good interview. You can get the whole thing on the Oilers on uh, the Oilers Now page. Sorry, I had to sneeze on 630jet.com as we welcome back to the show the uh, head coach of the U of A Golden Bears basketball team, the Canada West champions. Barnaby, you're on with Reed. Haven't talked in a while, man. Congratulations. Thanks, Reed. Good to be back on here for the for good reasons like this one. 
So tell me a little bit about the uh, the Canada West Final Four. Where were you guys seated? I, I mean, would outsiders consider this a, a bit of an upset, or how did you get it done this weekend? I thought that all five teams, the top five teams in the 17-team conference were capable of beating each other on any given night. That was kind of proven throughout the year. We ended up going into the Final Four as the three seed. Um, then we beat Saskatchewan in Calgary there uh, Friday and played Manitoba, who beat Calgary Friday on the Saturday game. And, uh, yeah, we beat the Bisons by about 20 and got the gold medal. And nothing sweeter than cutting down the nets in the Dinos gym, too. So that was uh, the guys had fun. Oh, I love this. The hockey team won in Saskatoon. The basketball team's uh, win in Calgary. U of A grads are just grinning from here to year right now. Uh, so you got the uh, final eight coming up in Halifax. You're going to play Dalhousie. Before we preview that, just tell me a little bit about the journey this team went on, uh, Barnaby, because I understand last year you guys were one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the country not just the conference in the country uh and then this year you were the second best team in canada with five of the top 12 individual shooters in your conference i I mean i'm assuming that's no fluke can you tell me about the focus and the improvement in that area well i didn't know it was that drastic but uh it's uh we definitely have been seems like we've been making shots all year long just uh hey great credit to the guys getting in the gym in the off season and You know, that Savile Center there, it's a great facility. There's always a court time for Golden Bear athletes, and uh, they got in, put in the extra time, and, you know, they're sure making the shots this year. So, um, you know, it's not, to be honest, not just even the shooting. I think last year, you know, it was sort of, we had had that Jordan Baker group, Jordan Baker group and era. We went to nationals, and last year was a bit of a rebuild, and we were young, and, so that's what makes this year so special is that we kind of climbed our way right back up to the top and these new guys in the program can, you know, really feel proud of how they've uh, improved in three-point shooting but just in overall basketball and, and together. So it's been a great ride for sure. Look, i got to ask you about Brody Clark, and I, and I know as a coach you always want to focus on the team, but Brody, who I've had on the show, was Canada West Rookie of the Year last year, and, uh, you know, I don't get to watch you guys in person as much as I would like, but I, I get all the box scores, and he had a lot of nights where he was your leading scorer. Tell me about Brody and why he's been able to lead and excel this year. Very deserving of that uh, first team all-star he got. He does such a good job defensively and rebounding. And, you know, he's not 30 points every night, but he sure was in the Canada West gold medal final. I mean, he was unstoppable on the biggest of big stages. So that was uh, that was great to see. Proud for him and his improvement. And, uh, you know, I think that's why coaches voted him rookie of the year. They could see the path that he, he's on. And, um you know, not to not to just cut away from Brody, but Mamadou was the same thing on the weekend. He played maybe his best basketball of the year, uh, 30 points in the in the big semifinal win there on Friday, and fantastic defense all weekend. He really stepped his game up, and when those two guys are going, hey, that's why we're in the national tournament. I mean, they're uh, those guys are real talented. Barnaby Craddock is the head coach of the Golden Bears basketball team. All right, the national tournament. Coming up, tell me how the preparation goes, what this week is is going to look like, because it can be uh, crazy, a little more travel, and obviously playing some teams you won't be as familiar with, I assume. Well, the guys bust back from uh, Calgary Saturday night after the win. Um, 
and uh, we, we snuck in a quick practice today, 7 a.m. flight tomorrow morning to Halifax, and uh, we'll play on Thursday. So we got a couple, uh, you know, hour-long practice slots out there on the uh, Wednesday and Thursday morning. So we'll get up a few shots in the gym, and, uh, you know, we, we, we're lucky. We're playing at the big game. That's the 8 o'clock p.m. game on Thursday night versus the host team, Dal. Halsey, which is from Halifax, so uh, it'll be, you know, I don't know, five, six, eight thousand people, I'm not sure, but it's going to be uh, packed in there, and uh, you know, I'm sure we'll have, a, you know, a hundred Golden Bears fans, hopefully, but everyone else will be going for the home team, so it'll be an exciting atmosphere. Well, that can be fun to play in, uh, because sometimes the visitor in that situation doesn't have any pressure, right? You can just go out there uh, and play and try to ruin it for everybody that's there to watch uh, the other team. Well, let's hope we'll take any advantage we can get. I mean, Dow's a good team. They they were in the national tournament last year in Vancouver, and they won their first-round game with Ottawa. They got all their guys back. I mean, they're a gritty, uh, tough defensive team. Uh, we know we're going to have our hands full in that environment. But, hey, no easy games this time of the year. You know, we've already got that Canada West uh, medal locked up there in the team room. So we got that, and now it's, like you said, it's all bonus. Go have fun. and. Let's see if we can't compete for that national title. Barney, but Barnaby, I, I know how hard you and your coaching staff work, and I'm glad to see you having success this year. Go get them this weekend, man. All the best. I appreciate it. We'll try to bring something back to Edmonton here. There we go. Barnaby Craddock checking in. He's the head coach of the U of A Golden Bears basketball team. 92-73 over Manitoba in the Canada West final. The uh, Final Four tournament was played in Calgary. Great stuff. Uh, we should mention as well the U of A Pandas hockey team going to Nationals as well. And we'll do a feature on them before the tournament, which is coming up uh, the following weekend after this weekend coming up. All right. We're coming up to the 7.30 news. We'll get a scoreboard update in. And we're going to feature a young lady. Lady, very unique to her sport, Alberta's only female funny car driver in studio, Inside Sports on 630 Chet. This is Oscar Clefbaum from your Edmonton Oiler, and you're listening to the Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Shad. Oscar Clefbaum looking good today. Didn't practice yesterday because of an illness. Oilers and Islanders tomorrow. John text again. He says, great interview with Golden Bears basketball coach Barnaby Craddock. Not to mention he has the best name ever. Sounds like a Disney movie villain. How about that, Warren Mulvey? That's, uh, I mean... If I was a Disney villain, it would be Barnaby Craddock. <laughs> I, I, like, uh, I, I don't know what Disney villains, movie villains are named anymore. I, I don't watch a lot of Disney films. I haven't watched one since I was a kid, but it was like Jafar was a Disney villain, right? Was that the oh. uh, the genie one? Yeah, that's Aladdin. Aladdin. Or right. uh, uh, Scar from uh, L- The Whoa, Lion that's, King. Well, that's an incredibly villainous name. If your name is Scar, you pretty much... <laughs> Somebody I, should name their baby Scar and just see if they grow up to be a villain. There's no good people named Scar. I just I know Bond villain names, you know, Blofeld. So, Mr. Bond. <laughs> they all they all talk like that. If you're a Bond villain, that's how you have to talk. Goldfinger. That's still I, the best line ever. Do you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. Remember the laser was going? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. All right. 
Uh, 780-496-0063 is the open line. You can text 630-630. Your scoreboard, of course, presented by Crystal Glass. For all your glass needs, call 310-GLASS today. The Stars lead the Capitals 3-1 at the start of the third. Rangers and Lightning still no scoring. Third period about to begin. Early third, Senators up 2-1 on Boston. San Jose and Winnipeg tied 1-1 halfway through the game. Curling. Tough loss for Alberta's Brendan Botcher. He gives up four in the ninth, loses 10-6 to Manitoba. Kevin Cooey, playing for Team Canada, but he's an Alberta rink as well, loses to BC 5-4. So Cooey drops to 3-1, Botcher drops to 1-4. Reed Wilkins with you inside sports on 630 Chat. Very special guest in studio, Courtney Bajot joining us. Courtney, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's good to see you. And uh, good for you because uh, you reached out to the show for, for a potential interview. And we love getting emails, by the way, inside sports at 630chad.com if people think they have someone that's, that's worth featuring. And uh, let's let's get into uh, who you are, first of all, before we tell people something really cool that's going on. But you are a, uh, a, a funny car driver. That's right. I've been involved in drag racing for a number of years and recently started driving my funny car. Alberta's only female funny car driver right now. Okay, so uh, how old were you when you got into this? I started racing when I was 13, but even that, I would say, isn't quite true. I've been involved in the sport since I was in diapers, essentially. Because your family? Okay. Yeah, exactly. I grew up watching my dad race. I grew up watching our friends race, and I took my hand behind the wheels when I was 13. Okay, so what prompted you to think, all right, I'm tired of just being the uh, observer or helper that you wanted to actually get in there and drive? Well, I actually have three older sisters, and they all raced before I did. But there was a bit of an age gap, and my sisters, they didn't stick with it very long. So after a certain point, I just assumed that I would get to have a turn at some point, but it didn't it didn't happen. And so as I got older and older, I was like, hey, you know, this is maybe something I have to approach the family lineage about. So I had a conversation with my dad and told him I was interested, and I think that he'd seen my sisters go through it and not be that interested, and it almost didn't even occur to him to put me into the into the driver's seat until I approached him about it. Were you scared? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I get excited and scared. I mean, even now, the first pass of a, of a season, and I, I get jittery. So, yeah, I'm sure when I was 13, I was probably a little scared. Okay, so this is this is drag racing. So this what this is the quarter mile track. Yeah, exactly. Straight line, first to the finish line. It's all about acceleration. And you're just flying down. You know, somebody asked me, Andrew Gross, our afternoon host, said, why are they called funny cars? And I said, you know, I, I honestly don't know, except maybe they, they look funny. But you, I asked you during the commercial break, what, where did the funny car name actually come from? So as far as I know, they're, they're called funny cars. They have a big engine in the front, but uh, these cars are designed to look like your everyday car so mine are they're nostalgia bodied typically but these are fiberglass pieces there's no doors to get in and out of them so the only way to get in and out of the car is it actually pivots on its on a real rear axle essentially and has a bar that holds the car up so i think that somebody just walked by one day in the staging lanes and said hey those are funny cars and the name's stuck ever since how fast do you go so my car reaches speeds of just shy of 200 miles per hour. We're sitting at 194 as our personal best. So when you look at that, it's about, so it's over 300 when you speak Canadian. <laughs> when we speak in metric. Yeah. <laughs> Double it and add 30. That's what Bob and Doug McKenzie taught me. Uh, all right. So so you're 13 and now you're, 20, you're 26. Mm-hmm. So you, you've been racing, you've been involved in it all your life, but you've actually been behind the wheel basically half your life. Yeah. Um, wow. 
Yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, there, I just I just freaked you out by putting it that way, didn't I? So, <laughs> all right. So, what what has kept you going? Because again, we were talking during the break. You have a full time job. You work mm-hmm. Monday to Friday. Uh, you, so you're incredibly busy. I mean, how how often are you racing? How do you balance all your responsibilities? Well, racing, it's its a full-time job on top of my full-time job. In fact, it might be more hours of work, um, but we have an incredible team that supports us. Uh, we've had some, some guys on our team who've been with us for a decade already, and uh, these people volunteer their time, and we have so much fun working together that... It, it makes it fun. It doesn't feel like a job and doesn't feel like work, even though none of us are getting paid and none of us are getting much out of it. We always say there's a lot of glory in motorsports. So have you won, have you, you must have made some money though doing this, like won some money or got sponsorship or anything? Well, yes and no. Okay. I mean, there's, there's a little bit of money to be made that kind of makes your weekend operating costs be a little bit offset, but it's, it's not a living. It's certainly not. And, um, most of what we do is either out of pocket or is funded by sponsors. Okay. So now where are you racing? Is it just around Edmonton or, or do you go all over? Edmonton is our home base, and it's where we'll race the majority of the season. So typically, we're at Castrol Raceway, um, which is out by the International Airport. We race there once in July for the big Rocky Mountain National event. Then we're always there in August, on hot August night. Uh, But then we do some traveling. Last season, we were in Saskatoon for their 50th anniversary race. Uh, We went down to uh, Montana and raced there. Mission in BC, uh, Rimby's putting together a new track. So we do the Western Canadian Circuit, uh, but then we also will head down to the States and usually do a couple events there. All right, Courtney Majot joining us in studio. You're Alberta's only female funny car driver, and you're what, one of three in Canada? Well, as two that I know of. Oh, just so. oh, only, okay. So there aren't very many no. uh, female drivers. I mean, did you find, or maybe you still face, like, you know, any of the little comments or, you know, the... the it, you're a kind of a, a woman in a man's world. I hate to put it that way, but most most of the the drivers are men. Have you faced any, you know, like oh she can't be that good, that kind of stuff? Not really. I think what I get most often is that people are surprised. So if I'm in the pit area and you know wearing my girl trouble T-shirt, people will assume that I'm just you know with the car. But um, and then people will come over and be like, hey, who's the driver of this car? Can I you know can I talk to them? Can I get their autograph? And their jaw drops when I say that I'm the driver. And um, even even at work, my Monday to Friday job, not everybody knows that I race. Like, it gets around, but not everyone. And when people find out, they're shocked. They they just, they, they can't wrap their mind around it. So, but uh, I'm lucky, though, because the first reaction is shock, and then the second reaction is, I, I don't know, admiration or pride. Like, it's, it's not a negative response by any means. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it is pretty cool, for sure. Mm-hmm. So, when you're behind the wheel, so tell people... What's that like being in in command of the car? Because it's such a it's a short race. You mentioned like you're going straight. Mm-hmm. So as a driver, what do you have to do in those like critical seven or eight seconds of the actual race? So. People would uh, argue that the most critical part of a drag race happens on the starting line, because as soon as um, as soon as your lights come down indicating that it's time to go, the, a timer starts. So if that other the guy in the lane next to you leaves, you know, a fraction of a second before you do, that means they're going to arrive at the finish line a fraction of a second before you do. So it's all a game about uh, who can get the fastest reaction time. So you want to get the closest to 0.00. If you leave a little bit too early, if you jump the gun, you're automatically disqualified, and then 
even if you leave too late or sleep on the tree, as we affectionately call it, uh, then you're they're potentially forfeiting your race by by not leaving quick enough. So that's a that's a big part of it is leaving accurately. So once the once the lake goes green, you're just put is. Like, is it at foot down? Is it hand control? What do you do? Yeah, you know what? It's not even when the light goes green. It's the fraction of a second before it goes green, okay. you have to start reacting. So if you wait till it turns green, you're going to be too slow. Okay, and what so, are you all doing phys- so what are physically? You doing? Yeah. So for me, my car has a clutch. So mm-hmm. I have uh, one foot on the clutch. The other foot is hovering right above the gas. And um, that means it's a handbrake. So you're, I'm holding on to the brake for dear life so that the car doesn't uh, roll through the beams and do a false start. Uh, so then as soon as... As soon as it's time to go, I have to drop the clutch, pedal to the metal, release that brake, hand flies to the steering wheel, and you're shifting, you're hitting your first shift within, you know, a second and a half, two seconds, just after leaving. So it all happens very quickly in my car. It has a two-speed, or three-speed, sorry, so you need to shift it twice before you finish the quarter mile. So your opponent is to your right or left. Mm-hmm. Are you able to, how aware are you of where they are? Like, Do you have time to sort of glance over or peripheral vision? It depends. I okay. mean, if they're ahead of you, you can see them. Well, sure. <laughs> if they're behind you or, you know, even, it's it's really hard to gauge where they are. So it's a, it's a bit of a game. So I'm trying to figure out where they are, especially with the form of racing I do. It's indexed racing. So that means that we have a time that we're supposed to run. So for my class, that's typically 7.0, although it does vary a little bit based on event. So typically we say it's 7.0. So what that means is that you need to run that number without going over. So if I run 6.99 and the index is 7.0, I've gone too fast and that's a DQ. So you want to get as close as 7.0 without going over, which means that if you are ahead of the other guy, there's a chance that you you want to lift or ease off of the throttle so that you can give yourself a little bit of wiggle room and you're not accidentally going over. Because if you're way ahead of somebody and their car is running properly, chances are yours is running too fast. Okay, that's okay. So that's... That's the finish line. That, and that creates limitations on somebody souping up their car too much or doing something illegal with their car? Or am I not totally understanding that? Well, there's two different types of drag racing. I mean, the drag racing that you see on TV, if you're watching an NHRA event, a lot of that is heads-up events. So it's just first to the finish line, put as much into your car as you can. And while that's awesome for the fans to watch, and it's it's exciting racing to see these cars go over 300 miles per hour, it's not not attainable for the average everyday mechanic and driver, the, the cost that goes into that. So by putting some restrictions on the classes, it makes it a lot more accessible. See, that, that, that's still an interesting explanation, though, right? Because if you're a golfer and, you know, your average is 85, no one would say, well, you shot 82, so you're disqualified. They'd be like, great, <laughs> you beat your average, right? But you're trying to not go fast without going. I find that very interesting that yeah. you got to watch for that seven-second threshold. Um, have you ever crashed? Um, I have sort of crashed sort of crash. You know, the worst accident that I've been in wasn't on the racetrack. It was uh, back when I was just a kid, we had, um, we were doing some work on the car and it was springtime. So we were out doing some passes behind into the shop that my dad works at. And there was pea gravel in the, in the, in the parking lot. So he's like, yeah, just floor it to the end of the building, let off, hit the brakes. You know, we just want to see some things, make sure the car is running properly. Well, I floored it to the end of the building, let off, hit the brakes, and then skid, you know, 200 feet through a chain link fence. So that was the worst accident I've Jeez. ever been in. But as far as on the track, no, I've been Is your dad listening right now? Jeez. <laughs> what are you thinking? 
<laughs> I think he was terrified. <laughs> uh, we can laugh about it now. Uh, Courtney Michaud joining us in studio. How do people follow you on Twitter again? So we're uh, Girl Trouble FC. Okay, and do you have a website? Yep, uh, Girl Trouble Racing. Okay, so or people can just girl, just Google Girl Trouble Google Racing. Google us, find us on Facebook, find us on Instagram. We're we're pretty much on the internet. And you can just Google Courtney Majeau, M-A-G-E-A-U. You, and you're doing something pretty exciting. Can you stick around and tell me what you're trying to get accomplished here? Because this is pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. This is Matt Hendricks from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chet. Sammy Hagar coming back from commercial. Let's Sally drive. That's a beauty. Great guitar intro. Courtney Majot is in studio. You're uh, quite a bit younger than me, so the name Sammy Hagar probably means nothing. Not much, Go ask your dad when Seemed you Seemed like a good song, though. <laughs> yeah, it's a very good song. Your dad's probably rocking out to it if he's listening tonight. So your dad is uh, Jay Majot, mm-hmm. and he's, uh, would you describe his uh, as a legend? I would say not just him, actually. My grandpa raced before him, and between those two, they've left some pretty big footsteps. Yeah. Yeah. And were they doing the funny cars as well? Uh, Grandpa did a variety. He did uh, front-engine dragsters mostly. Um, My dad still drives a funny car, so he races in a slightly different class. You know, we were talking about heads-up versus index classes. He races in a heads-up class here in Edmonton, uh, runs a slightly different fuel, and unfortunately, his car is a little bit faster than mine. So you've never raced against your dad, like, officially? We Yes, not officially, but we have raced against each other twice. The first time um, was when I was back in my junior program. We had a race against each other. He was in a smart car as a passenger. Okay. And uh, we raced against my <laughs> against my junior. And let me tell you that the junior accelerates faster than a smart car. So little children out there are going faster than you guys in your smart cars. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Courtney, I mean, thanks for telling your story and how you got into it. And, I mean, just from talking to you, I can just tell how passionate you are about, about the sport and, and how dedicated you are, which is great. But we have you in here for another reason as well, because, uh, I mean, Edmontonians can, can help you out. Tell, tell everybody what's going on, how they can help. Cool. Thanks, Reed. So we talked before. I mentioned that uh, this is all... It's an extreme hobby, we'll call it. Um, it's financed out of pocket or by sponsors, and that's kind of what we have up against us right now. So we entered a competition back in back in January against all of North American racers. So not just drag racers, but oval racers, dirt racers, motocross, everything. Anyone and everyone can enter. Um, so there were over 800 applicants, and through a voting process, we were selected as one of 25 finalists. And the end goal of this competition is the the grand prize winner is going to win a $50,000 sponsorship. So this is all put on wow. by... Yeah. Sorry, put on, put on by who? Yes, by put on by Champion Spark Plugs. So the, the contest is aptly named Search for a Champion. And um, we're competing against 24 other racers across North America, and we're hoping to have everyone's support in getting us uh, the grand prize. All right, and there are only three Canadians three Canadian finalists. Exactly. So, yep, three Canadians and then up against the 23 Americans. 22. So this money would be huge if you're able to get it. Yeah, that's the thing that there's operating costs that go into these cars. I mean, just getting from point A to point B, running the cars, doing fuel, having some backup parts for when things go wrong, that all costs money. And, um, this season more than ever we we put together a new car a couple of years ago and it's been a struggle it's things have gone wrong things have broken and we've been replacing that as we go so it's uh it's tight and we want to make sure that we're putting on the best show for our fans and having a little bit of extra money would definitely help us in that goal 
Okay, now after the show, which is at, the show ends at 8 here, so I'll tweet out a link for okay. people to vote, but it's, uh, how can they, we can just give the website out right now. Yeah, so the website is sfac.championautoparts.com. Okay, so remember that sfacpart.championautoparts.com, and you would be voting for Courtney Majot and Girl Trouble Racing until, you can vote once a day until March 23rd? Yeah. Okay, and then you would get the, the sponsorship, and then you go even faster, which would be great. Go even faster and put on a better show, and hopefully all of Edmonton can come out and watch us. Now, is this, uh, because of the weather here, Has are we? is this the off-season? Like, does it slow down a bit in the winter, or what have you been doing recently? So, yes, this is our off-season. Uh, we basically run from early June, sometimes late May, up until end of September. So the off-season is all about sponsor relationships. It's about taking the car completely apart, analyzing every single piece of it and making sure that it's uh, safe to run again and okay. nothing's worn and torn, putting it back together. Um, it's a busy time. We do don't... you like doing that stuff, actually working on the car as much as you do doing the driving? I mean, no. well, how can you like it as much as driving? <laughs> <laughs> I do it. It's a means to an end, and I'm enjoying it more and more as I learn and as I get to know my team better and... I think it's important for for the drivers to to have their hands dirty and to learn that. And I think that it's going to make me a better driver to know it. But if you're asking me if it's as fun to work on it as it is to drive it, I would be lying <laughs> to okay. say that it is. Fair enough. Courtney Majot, Girl Trouble Racing. Uh, just Google that and, and you'll find out a whole bunch of stuff. And what's the Twitter handle again? Girl Trouble FC. Girl Trouble FC if you're on Twitter sfac.championautoparts.com to vote for Courtney to get this $50,000 sponsorship. Thanks so much for coming in. Please keep us updated on this and, and your career. It was great to have you on the show. Awesome. Thanks for having me. All right. That's Courtney Majot from Girl Trouble Racing. One final look at the scoreboard before we hand it over to Charles Adler. The Stars lead the Capitals 3-2 with seven minutes left. Eight minutes to go. The Senators are up 3-2 on the Bruins. Still no scoring. Rangers and Lightning, nine and a half minutes left. And after two, the Sharks and the Jets are tied 1-1. The Oilers tomorrow for their game against the Islanders are also going to be honoring the Edmonton Police Service and EPS's 125th anniversary. They're going to wear special jerseys in warm-up with EPS patches. Those will be auctioned off at the end of the season with all proceeds going to EPS. Oilers and Islanders tomorrow on 6.30, Ched. 5.30 for the face-off show. The game starts at 7. The producer of the show is Dave Campbell. Thanks to Warren Mulvey, our studio producer. My name is Reed Wilkins. This has been Inside Sports on 6.30, Ched. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.